0: It's right I don't O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of his kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. I want to draw your attention to a pick on the navigation menu on the Daily Audio Torah website. It is found under Our Projects and Partners. Select Torah House Global Prayer Network This is a call to believers throughout the nations everywhere to take a place on the wall of prayer and to raise up a standard against the rising tide of evil and lawlessness that we see in our nations and in our culture. Let me share with you from their vision statement. The Torah House is an imaginary space where we meet each Arab Shabbat at 9pm. We all pray from our own location and in our own time zone. Together, we will enter into the virtual Torah House every Arab Shabbat, Friday night, at 9 p.m. your local time. His set-apart people will meet with Yeshua in His Torah House. Community prayer is of tremendous value because as we pray with one heart, mind, and purpose, great power is released in the heavens. We begin our prayer time with a great shofar blast and enter Yahweh's courts with praise. We come against the relentless tide of evil that is swallowing up the nations. We ask our Father to establish His Torah in our city, our region, and our nation. Each month, there is a featured prayer theme for the month so that together, we can focus our prayers on the prayer theme for that month. Go to thetorahhouse.com to see the prayer theme for this month. To learn more or to sign up to become a partner, coordinator, or member Go to TheTorahouse.com and find out more. Join with others throughout the nations every Friday night at 9 p.m. your time as together we raise up a symphony of prayer to Abba Father in seeking His face and crying out to Him for the remnant to return to the God of Israel and to His great and glorious Torah. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Matot, and it means tribes. Numbers 35, 1-34 Hashem spoke to Moses in the steps of Moab at the Jordan near Jericho, saying, Instruct B'nai Israel to assign out of the holdings apportioned to them towns for the Leviim to dwell in. You shall also assign to the Leviim pasture land around their towns. The town shall be theirs to dwell in, and the pasture shall be for the cattle they own and all their other beasts. The town pasture that you are to assign to the Leviim shall extend a thousand amot outside the town wall all around. You shall measure off two thousand amot outside the town on the east side. Two thousand on the south side. 2,000 on the west side, and 2,000 on the north side, with the town in the center. That shall be the pasture for their towns. The towns that you assign to the Leviim shall comprise the six cities of refuge that you are to designate for a manslayer to flee to, to which you shall add forty-two towns. Thus, the total of the towns that you assign to the Leviim shall be forty-eight towns with their pasture. In assigning towns from the holdings of the Israelites, take more from the larger groups and less from the smaller, so that each assigns towns to the Leviim in proportion to the share it receives. Hashem spoke further to Moses, Speak to Benai Israel and say to them, When you cross the Jordan into the land of Canaan, You shall provide yourselves with places to serve you as cities of refuge, to which a manslayer, who has killed a person unintentionally, may flee. The cities shall serve you as a refuge from the avenger, so that the manslayer may not die unless he has stood trial before the assembly. The towns that you thus assign shall be six cities of refuge in all. Three cities shall be designated beyond the Jordan, and the other three shall be designated in the land of Canaan. They shall serve as cities of refuge. These six cities shall serve the Israelites and the resident aliens among them for refuge, so that anyone who kills a person unintentionally may flee there. Anyone, however, who strikes another with an iron object so that death results is a murderer. The murderer must be put death to death. If he struck him with a stone tool that could cause death and death resulted, he is a murderer. The murderer must be put to death. Similarly, if the object with which he struck him has a wooden tool that could cause death and death resulted, he is a murderer. The murderer must be put to death. The blood avenger himself shall put the murderer to death it is he who shall put him to death upon encounter. So too, if he pushed him in hate, or hurled something at him on purpose and death resulted, or if he struck him with his hand in enmity and death resulted, the assailant shall be put to death. He is a murderer. The blood avenger shall put the murderer to death upon encounter. But if he pushed him without malice aforethought, or hurled any object at him unintentionally or inadvertently dropped upon him any deadly object of stone and death resulted, though he was not an enemy of his and did not seek his harm. In such cases the assembly shall decide between the slayer and the blood avenger. The assembly shall protect the Manslayer from the Blood Avenger, and the Assembly shall restore him to the city of refuge to which he fled, and there he shall remain until the death of the Kohen Gadol, who was anointed with the sacred oil. But if the Manslayer ever goes outside the limits of the city of refuge to which he has fled, and the Blood Avenger comes upon him outside the limits of his city of refuge, and the Blood Avenger kills the Manslayer, There is no blood-guilt on his account, for he must remain inside his city of refuge until the death of the Kohen Gadol. After the death of the Kohen Gadol, the manslayer may return to his land holding. Such shall be your law of procedure throughout the ages in all your settlements. If anyone kills a person, the manslayer may be executed only on the evidence of witnesses, The testimony of a single witness against a person shall not suffice for a sentence of death. You may not accept a ransom for the life of a murderer who is guilty of a capital crime. He must be put to death. Nor may you accept ransom in lieu of flight to a city of refuge, enabling one to return to live on his own land before the death of the Kohen. You shall not pollute the land in which you live, For blood pollutes the land, and the land can have no expiation for blood that is shed on it, except by the blood of him who shed it. You shall not defile the land in which you live, in which I myself abide. For I, Hashem, abide among Bani Israel. 1 Chronicles 7, 1-8, 40 The sons of Issachar, Tola, Puah, Yashuv, and Shimron, four. The sons of Tola, Uzi, Rephaiah, Jeriel, Jamai, Ibsam, Shemuel, chiefs of their clans, men of substance according to their lines, their number in the days of David was twenty two thousand six hundred. The sons of Uzi, Israel, and the sons of Izrahiah, Michael. Ovajah, Joel, and Ishiah, five. All of them were chiefs, and together with them, by their lines, according to their clans, were units of the fighting force, thirty-six thousand, for they had many wives and sons. Their kinsmen, belonging to all the families of Issachar, were in all eighty-seven thousand men of substance. They were all registered by genealogy. The sons of Benjamin, Bella, Beaker, and Jediel, three. The sons of Bela, Esbon, Uzi, Uziel, Jeremoth, and Eri, five, chiefs of clans, men of substance, registered by genealogy 22034. The sons of Beker, Zamira, Joash, Eliezer, Elonai, Amri, Jeremoth, Aviya, Anatot, and Alameth, All these were the sons of Beker and they were registered by genealogy according to their lines as chiefs of their clans, men of substance 20,200. The sons of Jediel, Bilhan, and the sons of Bilhan, Jeush, Benjamin, Ehud, Chenanah, Zithan, Tarshish, and Ahishashar, all these were the sons of Jediel, chiefs of the clans, men of substance 17,200 who made up the fighting force. And Shupim and Hupim were the sons of Ur, Hushim the sons of Aher, the sons of Naphtali, Jaziel, Guni, Jezer, and Shalom, the descendants of Bilha, the sons of Manasseh, Asriel, whom his Aramean concubine bore. She bore Maker, the father of Gilead. And Maker took wives for Hupim and for Shupim. The name of his sister was Maka, and the name of the second was Zalophhad, and Zalophhad had daughters. And Mekah, the wife of Maker, bore a son, and she named him Peresh, and the name of his brother was Shiresh, and his sons were Ulam and Recham, the sons of Ulam, Bidon. These were the sons of Gilead, son of Maker, son of Manasseh. And his sister, Hamaleketh, bore Ishdad, Abiezer, and Makla. The sons of Shemida were Ahian, Shechem, Lekhi and Aniam, the sons of Ephraim, Shuthelah, his son Bered, his son Tehath, his son Eliada, his son Tehath, his son Zabad, his son Shuthilah, also Ezer and Iliad, the men of Gath, born in the land, killed them, because they had gone down to take their cattle. And Ephraim their father mourned many days, and his brothers came to comfort him. He cohabitated with his wife, who conceived and bore a son, and she named him Variah because it occurred when there was misfortune in his house. His daughter was Shira, who built both lower and upper Beth Horon and Uzan Shira. His son Repha, his son Resheph, his son Tila, his son Tehan, his son Ladan, his son Amihud, his son Elishama, his son Non his son Yehoshua. Their possessions and settlements were Bet-El and its dependencies, and on the east, Naran, and on the west, Gezer and its dependencies, Shechem and its dependencies, and Aya and its dependencies. Also along the borders of the Manassites, Bet-Shean and its dependencies, Tanakh and its dependencies, Megiddo, and its dependencies, Dor and its dependencies, and these dwelt the sons of Yosef, son of Israel, the sons of Asher, Imnah, Ishva, Ishvi, Bariah, and their sister, Sarah. the sons of Bariah, Shever and Melchiel, who was the father of Berzith, Shever begot Japheth, Shomer, Hotham, and their sister, Shua. The sons of Japhlet, Pasach, Bimhal, and Ashbath. These were the sons of Japhlet. The sons of Shemer, Ahi, Roga, Huba, and Aram. The sons of Helam, his brother, Zophah, Imnah, Shelesh, and Amal. The sons of Zophah, Suah, Harfanar, Shual, Beri, Imrah, Bezer, Hod, Shama, Shilsha, Ithran, and Bera, The sons of Jether. Jephuna, Pispa, and Ara, the sons of Ulah, Ara, Haniel, and Rizia. All of these men of Asher, chiefs of the clans, select men, men of substance, heads of the chieftains, and they were registered by genealogy according to fighting force. The number of the men was twenty six thousand men. Benjamin begot Bilah his firstborn, Ashbel the second, Ahara the third, Nohah the fourth, and Rapha the fifth. And Bilah had sons: Adar, Gera, Avihud, Abishua, Naaman, Ahoah, Gera, Shephuphan, and Huram. These were the sons of Ehud. They were chiefs of clans of the inhabitants of Giba, and they were exiled to Manahath not Naaman, Akiah, and Gera. He exiled them and begot Uzzah and Ahihud. And Shahariam had sons in the country of Moab, after he had sent away Hushim and Bara his wives. He had sons by Hodash his wife, Jobab, Zabiah, Misha, Malcolm, Jeuz, Sakiah, and Mirma. These were his sons, chiefs of clans. He also begot by Hushim, Abitub, and Elpeal, the sons of Elpale, Ever, Misham, and Shemed, who built Ono and Lod with its dependencies. And Beriah and Shema, they were chiefs of clans of the inhabitants of Ijalon, who put to flight the inhabitants of Gath. And Ahio, Shashak, Jeremoth, Zebediah, Arad, Eder, Michael, Ishpah, and Joha were the sons of Beriah. Zebediah, Meshulam, Hizki, Shever, Ishmerai, Isleiah and Jobab were the sons of El-Pal. Jakim, Zikri, Zobdi, Elinai, Zelathai, Eliel, Adiah, Beriah and Shimroth were the sons of Shimei. Ishpan, ever, Eliel, Avdon, Zikri, Hanan, Chananya, Elam, Anathiah, Ithdia, and Penuel were the sons of Shashak. Shamsherai, Shehariah, Ataliah, Jeshiah, Eliyahu, and Zikri were the sons of Jeraham. These were the chiefs of the clans according to their lines. These chiefs dwelt in Jerusalem. The father of Givon dwelt in Givon, and the name of his wife was Makkah. His firstborn son, Avdon, then Zor, Kish, Baal, Nadav, Gidor, Ahio, Zecher. Mikloth begat Shemiah, and they dwelt in Jerusalem opposite their kinsmen with their kinsmen. Ner begot Kish, Kish begot Shaul, Shaul begot Yohonathan, Malkishua, Avinadab, and Eshbaal, and the son of Yohonathan was Merib-baal, and Merib-baal begat Micah. The sons of Micah, Python, Melech, Tariah, and Acaz begot Jehoiada, and Jehoiada begot as Asmaveth, and Zimri. Zimri begot Moza. Moza begot Vanilla, his son Rapha, his son eliseh his son Azel. Azel had six sons, and these are their names. Azrikam, Bosheru, Ishmael, Shariah, Ovajah, and Hanan. All these were the sons of Azel the sons of Eshek his brother, Ulam his firstborn, Jeush the second, and Eliphelet the third. The descendants of Ulam, men of substance who drew the bow, had many children and grandchildren, one hundred and fifty. All these were Benjamites. Acts 27, 1-20 And when it was determined that we should sail into Italy, they delivered Paul and certain other prisoners unto one named Julius, a centurion of Augustus' band. And entering into a ship of Adramitium, we launched, meaning to sail by the coasts of Asia, one Aristarchus, a Macedonian of Thessalonica, being with us. And the next day we touched at Sidon, And Julius courteously entreated Paul and gave him liberty to go into his friends to refresh himself. And when we had launched from thence, we sailed under Cyprus, because the winds were contrary. And when we had sailed over the sea of Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra, a city of Lycia. And there the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing into Italy, and he put us therein and when we had sailed slowly many days, and scarce were come over against Canidas, the wind not suffering us, we sailed under Crete over against Salmon, and hardly passing it came to a place which is called the Fair Havens, nigh whereunto was the city of Lycia. Now when much time was spent, and when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them, and said to them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. And because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence also, if by any means they might attain to Phoenice and there to winter, which is a haven of Crete, and lies toward the southwest and northwest. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. But not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Euroclidon, and when the ship was caught, and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island which is called Clouda, we had much work to come by the boat, which, when they had taken up, they used helps, undergirding the ship, and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, struck sail, and so were driven. And we, being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day, they lightened the ship. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us all, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Psalm 7, 1-17 O Lord my God, in you do I put my trust. Save me from all them that persecute me and deliver me, lest he tear my soul like a lion, rending it in pieces while there is none to deliver. O Lord my God, if I have done this, if there be iniquity in my hands, if I have rewarded evil to him that was at peace with me, Yes, I have delivered him that without cause is my enemy. Let the enemy persecute my soul and take it. Yes, let him tread down my life upon the earth and lay my honor in the dust. Selah. Arise, O Lord, in your anger. Lift up yourself because of the rage of my enemies and awake for me to the judgment that you have commanded so shall the congregation of the people compass you about. For their sakes, therefore, return on high. The Lord shall judge the people. Judge me, O Yahweh, according to my righteousness and according to my integrity that is in me. O let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end, but establish the just. For the righteous God tries the hearts and reigns. My defense is of God, which saves the upright in heart. God judges the righteous, and God is angry with the wicked every day. If he turn not, he will wet his sword. He has bent his bow and made it ready. He has also prepared for him the instruments of death. He ordains his arrows against the persecutors. Behold, he travails with iniquity and has conceived mischief and brought forth falsehood. He made a pit and dug it, and is fallen into the ditch which he made. His mischief shall return upon his own head, and his violent dealing shall come down upon his own head. I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness, and will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. Proverbs 18.22 Whoso finds a wife, finds a good thing, and obtains favor of the Lord. How do you meet with the Lord? What is your protocol? Today I want to talk to you a little bit about how you can greatly improve your prayer life, and have a greater, more intimate walk with the Lord. I want to begin with a scriptural example, and we'll start in Exodus chapter 33, verses 7 through 11. And what this portion of scripture is about is how Moses would meet with the Lord. Exodus 33, starting in verse 7. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp far from the camp, and called it the Tabernacle of Meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the Tabernacle of Meeting, which was outside the camp. So it was, whenever Moses went out to the Tabernacle, that all the people rose, and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the Tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and Yahweh talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose and worshipped each man in his tent door. So Yahweh spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Now there's some elements I want to pull out of this passage. First of all, the tabernacle of meeting was outside the camp. Why? I can imagine that inside the camp it was very busy people making meals, people collecting wood to make a fire, people tending to animals, all kinds of activity, kind of like living in a rustic city. So it was pitched outside the camp. In other words, it was a set-apart place away from the noise, din, and confusion and activity and busyness of daily life. So when we want to meet with the Lord, we can meet with Him anywhere, anytime, place. While we're showering, while we're driving to work in the car, while we're dropping off kids somewhere, of course, anywhere, anytime. But there's something special about having a set-apart place where you go to meet with the Lord, where you can have intimacy with Him, conversation with Him, pray to Him, and listen to what He has to say to you, where you can sit and read the scriptures, or sit and Take in some worship music, your own tabernacle of meeting. It's very special. Now, I once had a prayer closet where it was a big walk-in closet and there was a door with a window. And instead of using it as a closet, it became my prayer place. And I loved it. I had a little chair and a table, and there was a nice window in there and it was all closed in and Basically, I could shut the door to noise to interruptions um, when you're in the main part of the house, there's dishes to do there's laundry to do. You get caught up with cell phone texting and emails and laptops and all kinds of distractions. But when you go in a prayer closet that is set apart. It's like you're shutting the door to the world. It's that place that's outside the camp. Now, you may not have the luxury of a prayer closet that you can use for prayer. Uh, In my new place where I live, I don't have a prayer closet. The closet is way too small. I have a friend of mine who told me how she solved this issue. She wanted a set-apart place where she would go to pray. She set up a pup tent in her bedroom. And the pup tent is very low to the ground. You cannot stand up inside of it. You basically lay down on your face inside the pup tent or on your back. She set that pup tent up, and that's her place where she goes to pray. And the whole family knows if mom is in her pup tent, leave her alone. She's having time with the Lord. So you can be very creative. Where I live now, I have a corner in my bedroom with a special chair and a low almost like a coffee table, and things up on the wall, scriptures, pictures, maps of Israel, things like that. And on the table sits the Bible, and I have a little speaker, a wireless speaker, where I can stream from my phone to the speaker with worship music. The main idea here is that it's a set-apart place where you can go to meet with your bridegroom, with Yeshua. And it's a place of conversation where you can journal, write prayers down if you like, talk to him, listen to him to see what he would say to you, worship him, study his word. But it's a place where you're not going to get distracted or interrupted. So many people I know are so incredibly busy. We fill up our plate with overflowing Tasks, many, many things to do. We have to pay the bills and go to work and do the dishes and watch, do childcare and and just so many things that we're juggling. And so God speaks in a still, small, quiet voice. And there's a scripture that says, be still and know that I am God. And it's in those quiet, still moments that he speaks to us when we're quiet. This is sometimes why we hear from him in a dream while we're sleeping. Because we're still and quiet. So it's really a discipline to learn to be still and quiet. And for those of you who are like Martha always in a task and keeping up with the dishes and keeping up with the vacuuming and the laundry and just always on a task, it can be very challenging to sit still like Mary. But this is where we need to learn to do that, to switch gears and sit at the feet of our Master like Mary. In that prayer closet too, where this is where we can develop a deeper love for Yeshua, and for His Word. And a very powerful principle in prayer is to pray the Word of God. For example, in today's reading, in Psalm 7, the last couple of verses, if you are in some kind of a spiritual battle and you have enemies that are after you, um, maybe someone's going through a divorce maybe someone is in a domestic violence relationship maybe you have a boss who's got an axe to grind with you, whatever it might be. Um, we can take the scriptures and pray them as prayers and when you do that your prayers are going to hit the mark bullseye because you're you're praying the word of God this is his heart, this is his mind these are his thoughts this is his will. So in Psalm, 7, I'll start with verse 15 through 17 and pray it as a prayer. He made a pit and dug it and has fallen into the ditch which he made. So, Father, I pray right now that my enemy would make a pit, thinking that he is going to dig it and then I'm going to fall in it. But I thank you, Father, that this pit that he made against me, That this person is going to fall into his own pit. That my enemy, in verse 16, his mischief shall return upon his own head. And his violent dealing with me shall come down upon his own head. Like a boomerang. It's a boomerang prayer. I will praise you O Yahweh, according to your righteousness, and I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High, Yahweh, Saviot. Thank you, Father, that I do put my trust in you today, and I ask that you would save me from my enemies, save me from all of those that persecute me and deliver me from them. I thank you, Father, that you hear these prayers, that I'm praying the word of God, and that you are going to answer them. And I thank you in advance for how you will answer them. In Yeshua's name, amen. So I just encourage you to make your own tabernacle of meeting. Make your own prayer closet. Uh, Make it work within your own life. And one idea where I got this was from the movie The War Room. It's an excellent movie, and you can probably get it on Amazon.com to watch or maybe from a website, but it's called The War Room, and one of the key features in that movie is that this elderly lady is mentoring a younger gal, and she's training her fingers for battle and teaching her how to fight, spiritually fight, to save her marriage, and she has a prayer closet, a prayer Closet where she goes to pray. And so I just encourage you to look for a tabernacle of meeting somewhere in your home, somewhere where you habitate, and make it a set apart place where you meet with the Lord. Have a blessed day and we'll see you tomorrow. Adonai V'hish Mareka Yahya yeah. Adonai Anah V'laka V'kunne So Adonai uh, 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 leka, leka, Shalom